This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. least a copy of probably the wildest conspiracy theory that's ever been floated about this show. And it is my, not privilege, but duty to deliver it to you tonight. Wild one. Just slap me in the face out of nowhere this morning. So we got that, a lot of stuff. We're jam-packed. High atop a distracted downtown Nashville, Tennessee. I got, I got a computer over here. I could be watching the West Virginia game. I could be watching the Braves fight for their lives in Philadelphia tonight. But I'm not, because I'm locked in. I appreciate you guys being locked in. It's Thursday, October 12th, the year of our Lord, 2023. You know, you learned all about the reproductive system. There will be no immunity here. Let's be professional. You learned all about the reproductive system. But tonight, I'm going to teach you about the reproductive system, because we're going to repredict a lot of things. And I fully expect you guys to forget whatever I said in August. We're going to go by what I said tonight, unless what I said in August happens to come to fruition in December. And it'll be a judgment call at that point. But I got some, some changes I need to make in certain conferences. And I've got some lines that I want to hold. I got some rope I want to hold in some other conferences. I'm going to give you how I see the playoff, how I see conference championships happening as of today, October 12th. We got the upset alert meter as we do every Thursday. Uh, it's also time for us to have a very important conversation, probably a long overdue conversation on this show. And it's about the Texas A&M. Aggie yell leaders. That's all I'm going to say right now. Colin has what I think many of you will come to find as some disturbing video. It's at the very least unique video, and we're all going to go through it together. If you're listening on podcast, don't worry, it will translate pretty well on podcast too. All that plus, I got two added best bets, and uh, I got something to tell you about Friday Night Lines in like 30 seconds. So stick with me. Walla Walla Washington is tuned in. Madison, Wisconsin, Roanoke, Virginia, Mobile, Alabama. Speaking of Washington, we're flying to Seattle tomorrow, and um, man, looking very much forward to Oregon, Washington. Have never been to Husky Stadium, looking forward to that. But since I'm going to get in pretty late by East Coast standards tomorrow night, I am not going to do Friday Night Lines on Friday night. And thus, the first paper pop of the show. I can announce, as of today, that Friday Night Lines will happen before lunchtime tomorrow. Nice. I know some of you have social lives. What's it like, by the way? What's it like to have a social life that will not let you participate in Friday Night Lines? Well, one time and one time only, you're going to get to participate because Friday Night Lines will happen live on my Instagram account 
tomorrow sometime mid-morning, I think, Central Time, at Late Kick Josh. Make sure you're there, kids. We handed out, what, nine winners last week and no losers. Can't always guarantee winning at that clip, but I can guarantee good, fairly clean fun. Occasionally, there's a dress hanging in the background. But by and large, it's good, clean fun, and I expect you all to be there. Okay, uh, we got a many, many different angles on the show tonight, but the first thing we always have to do on Thursdays is we have to peek around the corners and we have to ask ourselves, someone going down this weekend? So here we go. Colin, here's your end point. The upset alert meter is, is kind of peaking. I went back and watched the video we did last week, and we were all over all these upsets that happened. So is Auburn going to upset LSU? Let's start with that one. That one is a LSU minus 11.5 point line right now. Auburn's off a bye. You're going to see a lot of these situations this week. It's middle of the season now. So you got a lot of rested teams versus teams that have played, in LSU's case, back-to-back road games. You notice something that happened last week. LSU went on the road. They won. And all of a sudden, it seems like a lot of people's concerns were eased. And you shouldn't have your concerns eased because they're still there. And you're playing a team, conversely, in Auburn that everyone thinks is terrible. And they just had a bye week. And here's what I am concerned about. Here's why I'm putting a 7.25 on the upset alert meter here. This bears close watching. Auburn's defense is good enough to keep them in games. And I also think that any offense runs the risk of finding itself against LSU's defense. Now, here's the bonus. Here's the plus for LSU. They're giving you a home game down there. I believe this is a night kickoff. Jesse, please check that. That's irresponsible of me. Okay, it's a night game. All right. So. It is their birthright in Baton Rouge to have home night games and conference play. And here you go. Here's one. I think LSU is going to win the game. I am not predicting the outright upset, but I do think this one bears close watching because I don't like, I don't like when very flawed teams win a game and then they've got a team that they're barely favored by double digits over the next week. And everyone goes, all right, well, we'll get right this week. No, you could be in another dogfight this week. So be heads up and be prepared. You're better than Auburn. So was Georgia. How'd that game look in the fourth quarter? Uh, Oh, boy. Louisville. Louisville's at Pitt this Saturday. Did you know that? Louisville, most famous recently for doing things like upsetting Notre Dame, featured on this show prominently last week, might I add. Louisville minus seven and a half. I don't love the spot at all for Louisville. As many friends as I made up in Louisville because we picked them last week, I don't like the spot. So you know that it's a natural letdown spot. Everyone can see that. Did you know Pitt was off last week? Did you know they benched the quarterback? And we love, ba- we love backup quarterbacks on this show. You find someone in life who loves you like we love betting on backup quarterbacks in college football, and you will live long and healthy and happy for the remainder of your days. Speaking of your days, if your days take you to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania this Saturday, Carry a poncho. Bradley's been inexplicably walking around the office with an umbrella the past three days. You'll need it if you're in Pittsburgh Saturday. It's going to rain. It's going to rain a lot. It's going to be ugly. It's basically like Pat Narduzzi got to personally dial up the forecast for this one. Don't get Narduzzied. This is a very dangerous spot for Louisville. Everyone's starting to look ahead. Here it is. Colin's showing you right now. Everyone's looking after you beat Notre Dame at the remainder of their schedule. Everyone's starting to realize what we told you in July. They don't play a really difficult schedule. And so they're looking at Duke, and they're saying to themselves, 
yeah, Duke's good, but they got to come here. Riley Leonard's been questionable lately. The two Virginia schools are trash right now. We should beat them, no problem. And we go to Miami, that could be tough. But by that point, maybe Miami's a shell of themselves. Maybe they've imploded. And also, we're on a roll. And then Kentucky's not a conference game. You mark my words. They're starting to look at ACC championship ticket prices there in Louisville. And you got Pitt this Saturday, and it's conference game. I put an 8.75 on it. I think there is a very, very good chance this is close in the fourth quarter. Very good chance. Arkansas is at Alabama Saturday. Arkansas is a 20-and-a-half-point dog. The model leans very, very slightly towards Arkansas plus the points. Uh, It's their fourth straight game on the road. Told you about this in August, and this is it. This is the end of that stretch. I was going over this with Jesse earlier today, and he said, that can't be right. That's impossible. And I said, go ahead, Jesse, take a look. And sure enough, there it is. They went to LSU. Then they played A&M, but they played them in Dallas. Translation, they got on an airplane. Then they went to Ole Miss, and now they go to Alabama. Should never, ever happen in the NFL or college. Should never happen, but it happened. Arkansas has been on the road an entire month. And the net result is you get to end it against Alabama. Alabama coming off a big-time win. So anyway, there is the letdown potential here with Bama coming off A&M. There's the look-ahead potential because they got Tennessee on deck. I just think to myself, if you can't run the ball consistently, and they can't, well, they haven't been able to. Let me not say they can't. They haven't been able to run the ball consistently. Uh, The offense has been turnover-prone at times. They have racked up sacks allowed every single week. What that means is there is a lot of variance in potential outcomes week over week. You can't be taking this stuff for granted. So I'm not calling an upset here. Like, I put it in the four-and-a-half range. But you got to take this game seriously. This Bama team's not cruising at an altitude where they're going to be overlooking conference opponents right now. Four and a half, and let's see how they look. Uh, Colorado is at Stanford really quick. Uh, last time Colorado was favored, anyone remember how that, tu- how that turned out? Yes, you do, because virtually every one of you was watching Colorado State versus Colorado at about 2 a.m. on the East Coast. Stanford coming off the bye. This is Colorado's seventh game in a row. Stanford's not good. I know that. That's why Colorado's favored by double digits. Colorado is at their most vulnerable from a health standpoint right now. Stanford is whatever the best version of themselves they'll be all year this weekend. Just, uh, I don't don't know, because it's still too early to tell, I don't know how much we can trust Colorado in the favorite role. I mean, double-digit favorite role especially. We've seen it once, and, and it was Colorado State, and Colorado State took them down to the wire, took them to overtime. Uh, one more here. Uh, by the way, I put a six on the upset alert meter for that one. I'm going to put a seven on this game. Utah's going to Cal. This game's totally off the radar. Utah's minus 11.5. They're in the thick. It's 10.5 now. They're in the thick of the Pac-12 championship race. We assume they'll be without Jesse again this week, and by that I mean Cam Rising, quarterback, may or may not start, and there's been a lot of question around that. If you don't have him, this offense is not good. Uh, There is therefore a very low margin for error, and that means... Even though there's every reason in the world for you to be favored by 10 because you count on your defense showing up, Cal has pretty quietly put up some decent performances as of late. They hung with Oregon State last week. They put 32 on Washington. And look, if you can score, just if you can randomly pop one or two here, and Utah goes in there and maybe has limited possessions, and all of a sudden they look 
pretty tough. Well, it looks pretty tough on them again. I'm going to put a seven on this one only because Utah's got that buy on deck. Oh, it's so close. It's so close. I don't know. I think weird things are still to come out in the Pac-12. I, I have concerns. I'll be honest. I have concerns. So that's the upset alert meter for this week. Remember, we are going to be in Seattle, and there, there would be no big upset either way there. It's a three-point line. But we will be up there starting tomorrow. And who knows if I'm going to catch my flight Saturday. By the way, before we get into several other things on the show, I'm just going to put this out there, all right? And, and you guys can throw it right back at me. You can do whatever you want to with it. I have got a very tight window after this game, and we do post-game stuff with CBS. I got a very tight window to make it back down to SeaTac, which is the airport up there, and I need a strategy, an exit strategy. I know the light rail system runs from Husky Stadium to the airport, but I don't know the frequency with which it runs. I don't know how crowded that would be, and I don't know how long it takes to get there. I am not above walking several blocks away from a venue to catch an Uber or even car service. Do we think it's possible? That's what I'm asking. Do we think it's possible? Does anyone have any inside tips and tricks up there? Because this is my first trip up there. So, stranger in a strange land. But up there we will be. Okay, uh, it's time to have probably one of the most overdue conversations that we've had to have on this show. I think this deserves not one, but two sips from the chalice. There's one. And there's two. I would say, I would say, hide the kids. I think the kids need to see this. So you know what? It's going to happen eventually. Let's just dive into this. Uh, Texas A&M yell leaders. What do we think? Anyone who's watched a Texas A&M game, anyone who's familiar with Aggie football, you have seen those guys on the sidelines. Uh, It's different. It's unique unto anything else in college football. I think we need to have a serious discussion about this. A, A video has mysteriously resurfaced, and it shows the yell leaders practicing their yells, and it's not happening in front of 105,000 people. It's in the stadium there at Kyle Field, but it's just quiet. And the thing about it is you never see them do that stuff quietly. You hear a bunch of ambient noise because there's a big crowd. Well, I don't want to ruin it for you. Colin's got the video ready. We're about to tee it up, but I, I caution you. If you've never seen this before, it's going to strike you a little sideways. Let's roll it, Colin. Pass it back, eggs. Pass it back, eggs. Hop it, eggs. Hop it, eggs. One, two, three. Hey. Dig up, Aggies. Hey. Pass it back, eggs. Pass it back, eggs. Hump it, eggs. Hump it, eggs. One, two, three. A G G I E S. A G G I E S. A. Sorry, I was practicing some of the arm motions. Um, let me ask you a question. Why do you love college football? Just say it out loud as you think it. How, why do you love college football? A lot of you are saying the word tradition right now. You love tradition. And I love tradition. Love it. 
love it like nothing else in sports, and you love the pageantry, and you probably love a lot of the same stuff on Saturday that I love. My question to you is, what is tradition? What is pageantry? What does it look like to you? Because let me tell you what it's not. It's not the same thing rinsed and repeated in every venue you go to. You can get that on Sundays. It's called pro sports, and the NFL's great. It's the greatest football product on earth, but the environment's pale in comparison to college football. The reason is because we got different things in different corners of the country in the Saturday game that they may not have necessarily in the Sunday game. I say that to say this. You may have thought I was about to hate on those dudes. You may have thought I was about to try and dunk on A&M tradition. It's weird to me, too. Here's the difference between me and an alarming number of my quote-unquote college football diehard buddies on the iJosh. I look at this weirdness and I say, wow, that's weird. Oh, good for them. That's tradition to me. Like, that's what it looks like. I want to go to your college football stadium and see you doing some unique and maybe just outright weird stuff that I don't see anywhere else. I could go to 58 different stadiums Saturday and, and hear him sing Hey Caroline or Sweet Caroline. I could go watch The Wave anywhere. I could go listen to the same 15 songs be blasted over the PA system. That's not tradition. This stuff's tradition. I don't really care whether you get it or not. I told you, I grew up in Georgia, and I didn't know anything about A&M. I thought it was just as weird as everyone else. I've been out there several times now. So I've kind of taken a step inside the bubble. It's not so bad in there. It's not so bad, especially if you wear the white T-shirt. They really think you're one of them, and it is really not so bad. All I'm saying is think about your own family. Think about your uncle that, you know, has you pull his finger at Christmas, and then if you pull it just right, he'll tell you a ghost story or something like that. That stuff's weird. Every one of you has some weird stuff in your family that from the street, from outside the window, looks at best weird or at worst felonious, really creepy. It's yours. That's why it looks weird to every other person, because it's not theirs. It's yours. Yell leaders, those dudes, that's A&M. It's, frankly, it doesn't matter to me if I think it's weird. It certainly doesn't matter to me if you think it's weird. And I can confidently tell you they don't care if you think it's weird. It's theirs. I actually would love for something like that, strange though this may sound, I'd love for stuff like that to exist at every stadium I go to. A lot of them do have unique things. To me, that's the beauty of college football. I don't even have to love everything. It's kind of like opinion. I don't have to love every opinion to respect diversity of opinion, uh, even in our space. And so I feel the same way about that. But when we were talking about this earlier today, I brought this up on Twitter. When we were talking about this earlier today, I said, I think I'm going to discuss this on the show tonight. And a lot of people started to say different things. And then I had what I would confidently say is the wildest conspiracy theory about late kick to date thrown at me. So basically, I said I'm going to talk about this on the show tonight. Paul comes back and says, oh, you're going to talk about more Aggie stuff, huh? There's that bias again. And I, I kind of sarcastically said, yeah, man, I grew up in West Central Georgia, really strong A&M &M country there. And he comes back. Paul comes back and says, quote, no, you just happen to share a massive Aggie sponsor. I live in Houston. Brand consulting is one of my functional areas. I'm not naive. It's cool. This is the first time anyone's hit me with this. And to be clear, if you don't know what Paul is saying, Texas A&M is right in the backyard of Academy Sports and Outdoors headquarters. 
uh, our, our buddies over at TechSags are also sponsored by Academy. And Paul, Paul basically has uncovered the scandal of the century, and that is that a publicly traded company, Academy Sports and Outdoors, has taken their marketing budget and has funneled money to national college football hosts to speak positively about their personal favorite teams. Again, this is a publicly traded company. So never mind what that actually means in real-world terms. Forget about all that. Let's just go down this road for a second. Do we think there's validity to this? Am I on the take from Academy? Do I have a Texas A&M lick-and-stick tattoo on my lower back right now that runs the duration of our deal with Academy? Do we think it's possible is all I'm asking. Don't give me a definitive yes or no. Do I seem like the kind of guy who would have done that? Because the more I thought about it today, the more I went from saying that's ridiculous to thinking to myself, you know, maybe that's not the wildest conspiracy theory I've ever heard. Because maybe I look in the mirror, maybe I am the kind of guy who would do that. Real talk. I've never considered that until today. Um, Real talk, Texas A&M has come up in my conversations with our academy reps, but so is Texas, so is USC, um, strangely, so is Minnesota. And so, yeah, they actually, believe it or not, at a company of this size, have a number of different rooting interests because, again, believe it or not, at a company of this size, they have this crazy scheme to turn a profit in places other than just East Central Texas. So. I think we're safe for now. There is no considerable pro-Aggie propaganda on the show, at least not that I can tell. Uh, But I did want to defend the Yale leaders tonight. Now, that will be taken in and of itself as pro-Aggie bias because most people have a default position that is anti-Yale leader. I'm just saying I'm pro-tradition in college football, and this is part of tradition in College Station, and I don't really care if it seems unpalatable to you or I because it doesn't have to it doesn't have to float our boat. It's it's Texas AM. And that's all I wanted to say on the matter. It's not nearly as controversial as power rating Texas above Oklahoma still. You should see some of the videos and responses I've gotten to that. Speak of the devil. Conveniently following a Texas AM centric video or centric segment, guess who I'm here to talk to you about? Academy Sports and Outdoors, your one-stop shop for all things outdoor sporting goods. Plus, they don't pay me to drip their ad read with sarcasm, but I cannot help it right now. Paul, I hope you're watching. And Paul, I would love to send you a gift card if you will send me your address. I am talking to the rest of you now. The rest of you, along with myself, are entering into a very treacherous time in our lives. It's called the fall, and it means that all kind of allergens are about, but it also means that weather is changing, and it means habits are changing, clothing is changing, and why not just go let Academy Sports and Outdoors take care of it for you? They've got your clothing. They've got your tents. they got your outdoor sporting goods supplies. they got all kind of different stuff you don't even know about. So make sure you darken the doors of an Academy Sports and Outdoors, and if you can't get there in person, that's fine. That's absolutely fine. Some of you are homebodies. I am. So academy.com. Boom. As long as you got internet, they're your hookup. Uh, I, I always tell you to tell them I sent you. I can't promise you a discount. I can't even promise you the cashier has ever heard of our show, but it will make me feel good if I know that you've done that. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Uh, let's move on. I've got re-predictions coming up. I have got best bets coming up. Like we've, we've still got a number of things to get to. All that plus I am... I am very tempted to just, I can't do it. I can't do it. I owe it to you not to pull up scores on my computer right now. Uh, If you just tuned in, let me quickly, quickly remind you, no Friday night lines tomorrow night. We're doing a special morning slash midday version because I will be in the air at the time when we would normally do that. So make sure you're following on Instagram at LateKickJosh. I'll put out the exact time in the morning. Uh, So you just got to be following there. It was very profitable for those who did follow last week. All right, let's dive into this. We had a game we didn't hit the other night. So I wanted to hit this one right quick, and then I'll get to all the re-predictions, and then we'll we'll get ourselves out of here. Nice, crisp show tonight. You know, Miami's playing North Carolina Saturday. They are, in fact, going to finish the schedule, are the Hurricanes. They're not folding up shop after the disaster against Georgia Tech. I've got a weird way that I like to look at this sport. I don't like looking in the rearview mirror when I try and predict games because that is a fool's errand, as Meemaw would say. So instead, what I try and do is acknowledge the past, but use forward-thinking, predictive mechanisms in order to try and land on winners for these games. So let me do a little what if. What if I told you the Oregon Ducks are one of two teams in the country right now that are top 10 in total offense and total defense? They're playing Washington Saturday. We'll be on the sidelines for that game. Oregon's one of those teams. Who's the other team? Top 10 in offense and defense. Who's the other team? It is the Miami Hurricanes. So let me do another little what if with you. little mental exercise here. It shouldn't be too much of a stretch. We all know how the game ended against Georgia Tech. Let's just pretend for a second they took a knee. Because really nothing about that play is going to impact this Saturday, or at least we don't think it will. So... Let's pretend they took a knee against Georgia Tech. They won the game close, but they got out of there. Well, they would have gotten out of there being, what were they, minus five turn? They had five turnovers last week and still would have won the game. And also, they would have held Haynes King, Georgia Tech quarterback, to 10 of 22 for 77 yards and two picks. It would have been a close game, but how we would be talking about Miami in that scenario is, Wow, they won despite all those turnovers. And even in the midst of all that near upset talk, they dominated defensively. That's how you'd be talking about him. And then you'd probably say, boy, they clean up those turnovers. They could really have a good Saturday in Chapel Hill. My point is, all that's still valid. So if you would have felt that way otherwise, what is the difference in taking a knee versus running and fumbling? Change about this Saturday, not last Saturday, this Saturday. So 
all we did, because it played out the way it did, is we add wounded animal mode into the blender. So I got Miami uh, with their backs against the wall having to go on the road, and maybe it does impact this game. Maybe it just doesn't impact it in the way you think it will. They need to win on the ground. That's what Miami needs to do. I actually think what I believed they needed to do against Texas A&M, they actually will need to do here. They lead the ACC in rush yards per game. North Carolina, 43rd in rush yards per game allowed. So the paper that is in front of me indicates Miami's offensive line should travel. Their ground game should travel. They should have some success here. Here's the issue. North Carolina is extremely good. I told you last week, I thought North Carolina in that spot schedule-wise should have theoretically struggled a little bit with Syracuse. They didn't. Ripped them to pieces. So I have very little doubt about North Carolina right now. There will be plays to be made against this Miami secondary. Now, they got a safety tandem in Miami uh, that is probably going to face one of the most important tests of this weekend, regardless of where you're looking and which game you're looking at. You got Williams back there, Cam Kitchens back there, and... There is a, there's a train of thought out there. There's a school of thought that North Carolina possesses the offense to light them up, to expose them. I'm not, I think they possess the offensive firepower to have success against pretty much anyone. I don't know if you're going to outright expose Miami's safeties. I think they're very, very good players. I actually think it's an opportunity for them as well. But Drake May's fourth in the country in pass yards per game right now. Everything about him is the real deal. Everything about this team so far has been the real deal. Here's, here's one area where I don't think it's necessarily a weakness or a negative. I just want you to know about it. North Carolina, the offenses they've faced. So, so North Carolina's defense looked a lot better so far this year. The offenses they've faced, though, have been ranked 63rd, 23rd, 120, 122, and 48. Now, the offense that was ranked 23rd was, I believe, App State, and they hung 34 on North Carolina. So haven't exactly faced a murderer's row of offenses. Miami's got the 13th-rated offense in the country right now. What's the mentality of that Miami team right now? This is why I have no clue who's going to win this game. I don't know what the mentality is. They could either come out with their hair on fire, determine not to let a repeat of last week happen, or they could just implode Saturday and be down 24 to 3 midway through the second quarter. And neither of those would surprise me. We got to land on a side here, though. Miami's 120th in the country in penalties right now. So that cannot, the turnover thing and penalties, that cannot crop up or they're done. They could be done if they play a clean game Saturday. They certainly can't afford that. I want to take a look at what the model thinks. And Collins got on the board already what Vegas thinks. This line's at three and a half, guys. It, has not been steamed. I had a couple of buddies who fancy themselves gambling experts, and they told me, ooh, I'm grabbing North Carolina while I can. That number is going to go all the way up to seven. No, it's not. No, it's not. These teams are very evenly matched. You've got home field baked in there, and if you take out home field, Vegas is probably telling you Tar Heels minus one, you know, minus one and a half, depending on how you assignate home value there. Um, I'm going to just go out on a limb. And I think Miami is balanced enough and can run the ball well enough to limit possessions for North Carolina and is good enough on the back end of their secondary to limit the explosive plays that they are going to give an inspired effort because of last week. And I actually think Miami is going to find a way to win this game. 
I can't stress enough how low a confidence this pick is. There will not be a dime of my money bet on this. It's not a Ramen Noodle Express best bet. I am ever so slightly leaning Miami here. I think it'll muddy up the ACC championship picture if it does, because even now, the odds to win the ACC championship, North Carolina's second, Miami's fourth. So that was a conference loss Miami had last week. That's not one of those out-of-conference specials. They got to win this game. They still got a tough slate coming up. They got to win this game. So I'm going to take Miami to win and obviously take them to cover. And that's my follow-up. Just a deep, nervous exhale. Jollyville, Texas is tuned in tonight. Oakland, California is tuned in tonight. Zebulon, North Carolina, and Dixon, Tennessee. Appreciate you guys so much being tuned in. If you're watching live, uh, less than like a fifth of you have liked the video. So do me a quick favor and like the video. If you're listening on pod, which a ton of you do, thank you. Make sure, check if you haven't already, just make sure you're subscribed to it. Nothing changes on your end. Like it doesn't cost you anything. It just helps us internally. Uh, So make sure you're subscribed either way. It's that time, kids. It's early October. It's time to get a little repredictive here. Our repredictive system works like this. I predict things in August. Some of them look like they're still on track. Others just go down in utter flames. And therefore, we arrive in October. And I do what people tell you you're not supposed to do, but there's no law against it. So whatever. I just choose new teams and expect you guys to acknowledge the new teams in lieu of the old teams. Let's start in the SEC. Not much to change here, really. In the SEC, way, way back in the summer, I looked in the East and I said, that's Georgia's to win, and it still is, make no mistake about it. And I looked over in the West, and I may have said some things about Alabama's offensive line that were aggressive. I may have thought they'd be a little bit better running the ball than they have been so far. Certainly nailed it with their defense. Defense has been wonderful. And I went Alabama over Georgia. And friends, I'm going to stick with the prediction. I'm going to take Alabama and Georgia still making it to Atlanta. And I'm still going to take Alabama over Georgia. Now, there are varying degrees of confidence here, but I'm not doing power ratings on this. I'm not doing anything along the lines of a confidence factor. Trust me, you don't want that from me right now. But there is no reason for me to change that at the moment. The odds to win the SEC championship are as such. Georgia is currently the favorite, and Alabama's next, and there is a long, long way down to number three, which is still LSU. So far, no change. Uh, That is about to change, though. Let's go to the Big Ten. It is such a shame. This is a personal commentary here. It is such a shame that we have to wait another year for the Big Ten to rid itself of the division format uh, because the Big Ten West is, as expected, largely a tire fire, and the East features three very prominent teams, and only one of them can go to the conference title game because of an imaginary line drawn in the conference on a map. And so we got Michigan, Penn State, and Ohio State all ranked in the top six of the AP. They're in the top 10 of the JP poll. I should not have even said that in that order. And so... Back in the summer, I picked Ohio State to win the East. And I flipped a coin, and it landed on Iowa to win the West. And Iowa's got to play Wisconsin this Saturday. And uh, I got Wisconsin winning that game by about 10. According to the model, I have no reason to argue with it. Don't like that matchup for Iowa at all. 
think Wisconsin may be getting its act together this Saturday a little bit. And so if they win that game, if the Badgers win that game, their only loss is out of conference. Iowa's already got a conference loss. So this sets up to be Wisconsin's division, especially if that's the way it pans out, which I think it will. So new prediction. Let's just go ahead and change it. I wish I had a little touchscreen back here. We are going to call the Big Ten East now for Ohio State. We're going to call the West, predictively, for Wisconsin. The, the late kick news desk is ready to call the Big Ten West for Wisconsin. That's not official. That's not endorsed by CBS, Paramount, or 24-7. It's just me. Next up in the ACC, what did I have back in the summer? Well, I had Florida State and Clemson. I actually tried to do that thing where I said, Clemson's going to win round one, but Florida State's going to win round two. Uh, kids, there's just no skill in that. Don't do it. I know there's no skill in it, and somehow I fell for that. So uh, Florida State is probably going to be in this thing. I'm not changing that part of it. Clemson's probably not going to be in it, so I am changing that part of it. But whomst do we go with? The answer is Louisville. And the answer is Louisville because of what their schedule looks like. Now, I have personal concern about Louisville going to Pitt this Saturday, but they are favored by a touchdown, a little over a touchdown. So if they are to get through that when and get to the bye week, you got Duke, the two Virginia schools, and Miami. And even if they lose to Miami, Miami's got a tough road still to go in the ACC. So, and they already got one conference loss. So you would need Miami to drop one more game and you'd still finish ahead of them. I, I don't know how you don't pick Louisville right now. There, there's a path. I get the North Carolina argument is a very strong argument. North Carolina could beat Miami Saturday and just go on and win the rest of their games. Um, since I picked Miami to beat North Carolina, that's where I started to lean Louisville. Louisville does not even play Florida State or North Carolina in the regular season. The current odds to win the ACC, Florida State number one, North Carolina number two, Louisville number three. So let's take a flyer on the cards. Why not? Let's go FSU versus Louisville in the ACC. And then there's the Big 12. Uh, and, and the Big 12 is a really interesting conference. You know, Big 12, so many teams to choose from. And so I sat there in the summer and I thought to myself, self, is Texas for real? I think Texas is for real. Yeah. Um, no, 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 Colin. Take that down. Take it down. Take, take the graphic down, please. Just if you're listening on podcast, pretend nothing ever happened. No, I'm not ready for it yet. Here's what you guys need to know. I was sabotaged. And what happened was at a very weak moment, I'm talking about weak, probably hadn't eaten enough that day, terrible workout, came in and uh, was trying to decide which shirt to wear for the show. And I think what happened was I said Oklahoma and then just, just state came out of my mouth. We've all been there. And the staff took that to mean I'm predicting Oklahoma State to go to the Big 12 championship game, which, as we all know, is ridiculous. And so this graphic, or as I like to call it, propaganda at this point from my staff towards me, it seems to indicate I picked Texas versus Oklahoma State. But whomst would do that? That doesn't sound like me. That doesn't sound like something I would do. It sounds much more likely that I just expected Texas versus Oklahoma. And so I'm just going to take this opportunity to do the right thing, to do the ethical thing, and clean up a very obvious August mistake. Colin, thank you. And we're just going to put Texas 
against Oklahoma in the Big 12 championship game the way it probably was always meant to be, and we're all going to forget about this. Yes, no one spoke up against it. Okay, so we're all going to be in agreement there. Uh, Texas, Oklahoma, now you will notice, you will notice that on that graphic there, it did say Texas over Oklahoma. I, I think, I don't know, I was sitting in this very seat a little while ago. I was on CBS Sports HQ with Chris Hassel, and he pressed me on that. And I said, I don't know, I'd, I think I'd pick Oklahoma if they played again today, although the model would disagree with me. But they're not playing that game again today. That would be well down the road. I don't know. It's, it's like Texas 51%, Oklahoma 49%. I mean, I did just stand in the Cotton Bowl. Crickets all around me. Remind me to tell you that story another time. And I did watch Oklahoma sort of control that game. And so December is what December is. Long December. And it's a long way to December. So let's just see what the future holds. But I am going Longhorns Sooners. I think we will get another matchup in the second best venue in the greater Dallas area. And we'll see how the chips fall there. Okay, uh, last but certainly not least, Pac-12, before I get to my playoff picks, Pac-12, I was bold. I went Oregon versus UCLA. I did not have USC in my conference championship game back in the summer. And I'm still not going to have them there. I'm putting Oregon right where I had him in August. I'm keeping UCLA right where I had him in August. Now, here's the caveat. About 48 hours from now, UCLA plays Oregon State, and this could all come crashing down on me, and they are a short underdog in Corvallis, and if they lose that game, well, I'm probably losing this prediction. So, if they can get through that one, Stanford, Colorado, the two Arizona schools, and then they go to USC before they end against Cal, that is a manageable schedule, kids. UCLA. I would strongly encourage you guys, by the way, to go to our UCLA site on 24-7 Sports. Look at the breakdown of how that offense sort of evolved during the bye week. Great work. Like, took hours and hours and hours. I think Chip Kelly and, and that offensive staff have found enough that will work that they'll be able to get through this, and I think they'll be able to somehow, some way win Saturday. And um, so I'm going to keep UCLA in the conference championship game right now. I'm going to keep Oregon winning the conference championship, really high on Oregon right now. So where does that leave us in the college football playoff picture? Back in the summer, I took a lot of ridicule. I have no idea why. It's, you, you pick a bunch of teams that are ranked in the top eight of the playoff odds, you put four of them in the playoff. Half the country thinks it's ludicrous. It's a really interesting concept. So Ohio State was my number one. I had Bama as the number two seed. I had Oregon as the three seed. I had Penn State as the four seed. I am not changing this. My philosophy is as long as my four teams are still in it and none of them look like really, really, really long shots to make it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep them in there. I had Ohio State and Bama in the title game. I had Bama winning the title game. The odds are a lot longer on that than they were in the preseason, but I'm not going to change that. I'm not coming off that. Here's my problem. My problem is if Georgia, let's just say they go undefeated and they lose in Atlanta to Alabama, their strength of schedule is going to look more impressive than you thought it was going to look. Like that Kentucky game, for example, is a, is a good, good indicator 
that their strength of schedule may be a little bit stronger than you thought it would be, are they going to be kept out? What's going to happen to the OU Texas winner if they go to the Big 12 championship game? Like, I think there's going to be a really strong case to be made for at least someone from the Big 12, unless Texas loses another game and somehow goes to the conference title game and wins. It's like Kansas State last year. Kansas State wins it, but they already got multiple losses. They don't get in. That's a stretch. And I haven't even mentioned the ACC. Like, we, we keeping Florida State out of this? Louisville, who, yes, I just mentioned Louisville in the playoff picture. Um, is the ACC going to cannibalize itself to where they don't have a quality contender? So it's going to be tough now. I understand to get a second Big Ten East team in here, it's going to be tough. And notice, neither of them's Michigan, and Michigan's looked better than everyone in the Big Ten so far. Even I acknowledge that. So, mm, I don't feel as confident, but I am going to stick with them, which is more than I can say for some of the predictions around this office. Because, see, when I made these predictions back in, the, back in the summer, I did it publicly for the whole world to see. Some amongst us, and I don't want to mention any names, but some amongst us took to harassing me off air. And so I said, why don't you give me your predictions? And what, what do we have, Jesse? We had some Clemsons, had a couple of Notre Dames, think we had an LSU winning at all. And so my, 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 when you have to put your name behind predictions, it's tough, isn't it? It's tough. Now imagine these people slandering you when LSU's already got two losses before Halloween. It's treacherous out here, guys. I count it, I count it as a wonderful success story that all of my playoff teams are still alive so far. You know, it was, it was successful last week when the Ramen Noodle Express went 9-0. So let's try and win some more money here. Uh, as you may have seen, if you are following on the socials at Late Kick Josh, we added West Virginia minus three to the Ramen Noodle Express today. They're playing as we speak. Jesse, only tell me what the score is if it's good news. I don't even want to know what's happening if it's bad news. In the meantime, here's what we have. We're on Charlotte plus four and a half. We're on Duke minus three, Notre Dame minus two, Wake Forest minus one. You can actually get a better number on Wake right now. Uh, Fresno minus six. You can get a better number on that right now. UAB plus 10. We're taking the under, under 56 in Tennessee versus Texas A&M. The two games that we have added today, West Virginia minus three. It's already underway. That's why you got to be following. I put it on Twitter and Instagram, at Lake Kick Josh. Make sure you're following. And I'm adding this one, too. We're taking Michigan minus 33. The model's putting that at a 70% cover probability, just like off the charts. Like, like to the point where it seems to think Indiana's bus is not going to make it to the stadium. So we're adding Michigan. Michigan and West Virginia today. Uh, one more reminder. Tomorrow, before I go to lunch and then go to the gym, I'm doing Friday night lines from Nashville before I go to Seattle. So those of you who don't normally get to participate, the way that works is I go live on Instagram. I give you a heads up about an hour beforehand at Lake Kick Josh. It'll be at a specific time. And I have the model pulled up. And for about 15 minutes, you guys just throw games at me. And I tell you what the model thinks about it. Now, they may not be games I'm going to bet, but you may be interested in them. So I, I give you the opinion of the model. but also. Inevitably, I'm going to add some more best bets. It happens every week. We added three additional games on Friday night last week. They went 3-0 and to go along with the other 6-0 and that we had. So make sure you're following. You're also going to get a lot of behind-the-scenes content from field level this Saturday at Washington. And 
some other odds and ends that just happen to pop up from time to time on Instagram. All right, uh, that's all. That's it. That's all we got. So we got a long way to travel this weekend. Looking forward to packing the Columbia rain jacket for the first time this year. Hoops to the thunk it. Producer Jesse, director Colin, I'm Josh Pate. Take care. Enjoy the start to your weekend. We'll see you back here Sunday night. Until then, take care and God bless. of sports mixed with your pop culture along with humor and celebrity interviews your earbuds are enjoying the rich eisen show dan orlovsky are you still a Jaden daniels is the best quarterback available in the draft guy i think the three things that make it stand out for me are number one i think his ball placement versus man coverage is the best in the draft every quarterback in the nfl is accurate he's got the best on tape number two most transferable stuff to the nfl and then i think the third thing is pocket peace search for the rich eisen show on youtube or wherever you listen